Well, the Detroit Lions looked towards this season and said, you guys are going to hear me roar. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. And yes, I use that cheesy line and I do not regret it because I'm not even a Lions fan, but what an unbelievable offseason this team has had. And yes, I am referring to, um, to their recent slew of signings, a lot of them being in their secondary. Um, so their rebuild process overall in the past few years has been nothing short of incredible. Um, this team just a couple of years ago traded away their franchise quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and have used their first round picks very smartly. Um, and in their secondary, that was probably this season the most uh, the biggest weakness that they had, they've had some pieces, um, but this offseason they got they brought in from the 49ers cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, they got cornerback Cam Sutton from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and most recently getting safety CJ Gardner Johnson. And that's not even it. On the offensive side of the ball, they brought in another running back to pair up with De- uh, DeAndre Swift after the departure of Jamal Williams in David Montgomery, who is in, his, in himself a very good running back who has put up pretty good numbers over the past couple of years despite being uh, playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in football in the past couple seasons. So mm-hmm. all good stuff going on here. But, I mean, how about these Lions? Oh, man, give me a second. I'm still trying to recover from that pun you started in the beginning um, uh the lines look pretty pretty good if i do say so myself they have a, they have a good starting quarterback they have a myriad of weapons surrounding him they have a good one two tandem running back they have an improving offensive line their defense is getting better and stronger i mean they look like a nice well-rounded team right now i mean good for them they look nice they look really good Well then, uh, here's the thing with the Lions. I think that, I mean, or at least we all know, that defensive backfield was undoubtedly their biggest weakness going into the soft season. And what did they do? They they went out and they fixed it. You know, they got Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, you can't be mad at that. This shows that the front office is cares and they're actively trying to fix their issues and if you're a fan you can't be mad at that now the one thing that i would say is questionable is letting last year's i believe rushing touchdown leader you know jamal williams walk but then again you did get david montgomery who was literally chicago's rb1 so you can't complain too much they also bolstered the line with broncos guard graham Glasgow. so once again that's a pretty underrated signing in and of itself but here's the big thing, all right? Here's I know what you're going to mention. I know no, what you're going to bring up, and I forgot. I, I haven't brought it up yet. Oh, uh, can I keep going? Or? Keep going, keep going. 
But see, here's the fun part. They have two first-round draft picks to play with, one of them literally being in the top 10, and the other one, I think, is number 18, I want to say. Yeah, 6 and 18. 6 and 18. Yeah, so you have two top 20 draft picks to play with. This exciting Lions offseason, I think, is far from over, and a lot of Lions fans are slightly concerned that they might not have DJ Chark, but to which I say, don't worry. You have a guy that you drafted who was hurt in uh, Jameson Williams, and he's going to be the electric home run hitter. He's like DJ Chark, but even faster and with better hands. And you also have Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable in his own, in his own, in his own right. Like the list goes on, doesn't it? And Mm -hmm. they got, they acquired Jared Goff their quarterback in a throw-in in the Matthew Stafford deal. And he's looking like a guy who could actually win a Super Bowl for them. Yeah. And I think we've all underrated them. Uh, myself being one of those people over the past couple of years, Jared Goff, he's everyone kind of called him a puppet for Sean Pate, uh, Sean Pate, uh, Sean McVay. And honestly, he keeps producing everywhere he goes. He's never been a bad quarterback. And he's also been known he's already taken the team to the Super Bowl. So he has that postseason experience. So, and playing behind one of the, now one of the most improved offensive lines in the past couple of seasons and a, an improved backfield, in my opinion, a very good pass, uh, pass, uh, <clears throat> pass catching corpse and a very improved defense with that secondary. I mean, everywhere you look, this team is improved. And all they really need is to maybe put a little more work into that secondary. Um, and let's say work on that interior defensive line to work on the, the run defense. And, and maybe you, a tight end. You know, yeah, I guess. You, Yeah, I guess. And you can literally address those two needs with your first-round picks. Go cornerback in the, at six and go uh, defensive line at 18. Boom, done. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go. You could go either or because Jalen Carter might be available and it'll be tough to pass up on him. And then at 18, I believe Devin Witherspoon will be there at 18. No, Devin Witherspoon will not be there at 18. I assure you. You think he's going to be gone? Oh, he will be gone. I promise you. Devin Witherspoon, I will be shocked if he falls outside of 10. Joey Porter's going to be there then. They could take the guy out of Penn State. I think. Maybe. I'm not sure. It's possible. More possible than Witherspoon, but I don't know. Either way. There's a myriad of where they can go. They can go D-line first or DB second first. It really doesn't matter. Right. Either way, this is they have a lot of good things that they can do, and that's a good problem to have, that they have really built up this team so that they have – I mean, they've spent a lot of assets, but they also have a lot more at their disposal. And my next question, and we'll cap off the segment with this, what's their ceiling this year? Because I have them winning the division already. Can they go farther than that now? I would Uh, think they can. I think they can. Because here's the thing. It's not that they're getting better, although that's a big part of it. It's that their division, especially the so-called top dogs in Green Bay and Minnesota, are getting worse. 
and that also, but I will admit Chicago has improved quite a bit too, but I do think they're a year or two away from being, mm-hmm. from making some serious noise, but yeah, also to think about how the NFC in and of itself is kind of up for grabs. I mean, we know Philly's going to be good. Uh, Dallas might be good, but we don't know what San Fran's going to do at quarterback. The Rams are buried in a rebuild. Maybe Seattle with Geno Smith, maybe. And I don't really see anyone from the NFC South competing right away unless whoever the Panthers take at number one just comes in and has a Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes impact. That's not happening. They don't, I don't see it happening either. Lions could low-key make the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's what I was leading up to. I 100% agree with Tuck. Like, yeah. I would say that is – I mean, sky's the limit for them. I would say definitely if they play their cards right and everything falls how it should, uh, perhaps an NFC Championship birth is in their future. Yeah. Oh, man, because I think they'll be the winners of their division, so they'll probably get an NFC South team or an NFC East team, one or the other, and then they'll go to the divisional round. I assume they'll face either the team like the Cowboys, which who are allergic to prosperity, they'll lose, and then Detroit will be there in the NFC Championship game. That's all. Yeah, I I think the only teams that are that really stick out to me as teams that could be a threat to the Lions in the playoffs. I mean, there's whoever comes out of the NFC, the NFC East, which has actually turned into a pretty good division in the, in the past couple of years. And whoever comes out of the AFC West, which will probably be the 49ers, but with the quarterback problems they are having, I don't know what their I don't know what their ceiling is. It just doesn't feel like a stable team to me if they keep on having a revolving door at at quarterback. And I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. so I've had a lot of respect for the for the 49ers as an organization. They they're very they are a very professional organization which makes very good very good decisions with their franchise. Yeah. But there's something odd about their quarterback their quarterback situation. Have you so, noticed how how they're always getting hurt in the past few years? They are yes. always getting hurt. Yeah, they just are injury stricken at quarterback right now. They just have bad luck at that spot. But is there a point where we stop saying that it's bad luck and that maybe it's just bad bad coaching, bad training, bad training staff? Don't mind Doug in the background. <laughs> Doug, it's possible. I mean, at some point we have to look in the, to. Tell these 49ers, this 49ers team to look in the mirror and say, you got like you guys gotta figure something out. But so, because like that's not fair. Cause some of these are like in-game injuries. It's not like they're happening off the field or in workouts. These are happening like on the field. Train Lance got injured on the field. Uh which Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy got injured in the NFC championship game. Jimmy G got injured on the field. At some point in time, I can't blame them for the injuries that are happening. Well, practice makes perfect, and the way the, the way that you practice off the field is how you're going to how you're going to play on on it. That sounds like and, one of the players, is it not? But if if there's so many players at that position who are getting hurt, and not just that position, they this is just the team in general. Now that I'm thinking about it, like George Kittle is always in and out of the lineup. Debo Brandon, Samuel, I, don't I know it. Debo Samuel gets hurt. Brandon Ayuk that he doesn't count because he hardly he hardly gets snaps. 
Joey Bosa was hurt cool. all his second year. Joey Bosa. I mean, Nick Bosa. Nick been Bosa hurt. Yeah, excuse me. Jesus. Nick, yeah, we both we both watched that one. Nick Nick Bosa. I mean, like th- this has kind of been this has kind of been an issue injuries. You have to look at something within that organization. I don't know if it's the coaching, the training staff, maybe the front office is picking players who might have the talent but are injury prone. But they have to look they have to take a look in a good look in the mirror. But I mean, we're going off topic. This is the this is about the Lions. Um this I mean, yeah, I see this team being a contender actually. This Detroit Lions team. They have they don't have many flaws. They really don't, if any. So I can see them in the AFC, the NFC Championship, possibly the Super Bowl. Their quarterback's already gotten there once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Um, we're going to change gears, and we're going to move on from one team who has improved this offseason to another. So we are going to talk about another NFC team which we haven't really touched on very much this offseason, which will be the Cowboys, team that's kind of flown under the radar this offseason but has made plenty of moves. Whether you like them or not, that's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Stay with me now. This team, so they've had it, they've had their share of departures. So Ezekiel Elliott, uh, most notably, he was released. Noah Brown was let go in free agency, being their number three wide receiver. And mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, um, actually, probably he's probably the biggest one out there. But for their for additions, for uh, uh, in the secondary, they brought in Stephon Gilmore, which is actually a very underrated move for them because now they have a second corner opposite uh, Trevon Diggs. They now have another wide receiver who's arguably a two, three, which isn't it, which isn't men- mentioned in a bad way. It is more so it's it speaks to the depth that they now have at that at the wide receiver position, because now they they not only have st- the CD Lamb, their superstar wide receiver one, but they also have Brandon Cooks now, and they have Michael Gallup. So that's a that's a. That's a trio of wide receivers that is pretty good. Now, they did let Dalton Schultz go, and I'll admit they have some work to do at the tight end position uh, to replace, to some extent, that position. But they've also, they, like, they've kept, their, they've kept their 
front seven intact, bringing back Leighton Van Der Esch, and they've just brought they just brought back Don Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, this morning. So, I gotta say, this is probably the most well-rounded the uh, this Cowboys team has been in recent memory. Don't do this. Don't don't do this. Don't don't just don't please. Why not? You know why. You know why. They look good on paper. In the in the beginning of the season, they look very good. But we all know what happens. Don't don't do this, Adam. We we know what's going to happen. I did not. You you were you were on this show during the preseason. Yeah. And you know that I did not talk up this Cowboys team like I am now. I did not. You did. They had a, they had a good season, but I t- I said and I quote. I believe this Cowboys team can at best stay the same, which is not a good thing because yeah, the season prior, because the season prior they were a first round exit. Damn. They lost Amari Cooper and they only they only stayed the same at most places. And they kind of did. This year, they added to that defense, which I feel in was a little bit inflated in their numbers. I feel like they played some bad competition. And now they kind of like they got better. They were a good they were a good front seven team. They brought they kept all those boys together, and now they improved in the secondary. I think that's important. And they also brought in a legitimate number two wide receiver, which is something they didn't have last year. Michael Gallup has been a solid wide receiver, but I think Brandon Cooks at his best is a pretty good receiver. He's fallen off this past season, but I feel like that's that that's part of a lot of that has to do with him suffering from bad quarterback syndrome. Because Davis Mills is just not it. Davis Mills is the worst quarterback that Brandon Cooks has had to deal with in his whole career. He started with Drew Brees, then he went to Tom Brady, then he went to Jared Goff, like the good Jared Goff, the one that we were talking about and talking up last segment. And then he goes from that to Davis Mills. And we're all upset at him because he he declined a little bit this season. Of course he is. Like I'm just I'm just saying. And like yeah, he had one good year with Davis Mills his first season in uh, as as a as a uh, Houston Texan. But his next year, it's bad enough that he had to work with D- Davis Mills a second year. Then the offensive line got worse, and then Davis Mills did not have time to throw which makes things worse for him. So of course he's going to decline a little bit. I think so so he's he's 29 right now. Right? Brandon Cooks is 29. That's not that old. He can still reach a high level. And to pair him up with CD Lamb who's going to draw a lot of attention in cover, in uh coverage by opposing defenses, that's pretty good. I think Dak Prescott is as much as we do not believe that he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's a Pro Bowl level, not Super Bowl. He's better than Davis Mills, and he's around the same level as Jared Goff. I would say he's he's going to do it to himself. He's going to, he's going he's setting himself up for failure, and I can't do this. I I almost am sure of this. Last year during preseason, you predicted the Dallas Cowboys to go to the NFC Championship game, and me and CJ laughed at you horrendously for doing that, and you were fully on board until they lost to the Washington Commanders. In the season finale, and you were like, this bum team is horrible. They lost to the Jaguars. They're losing to the Commanders now. 
I'm not, I don't believe in this team. They're not going anywhere. And now they get, we get to the offseason. They make a nice few additions, but it's the Cowboys. They're going to mess it up like always. I have no faith in this team. Every time I'm thinking on paper, they look good. Let's see what they do. They fail horrendously. So why am I getting my hopes up this year? It's the Cowboys. And that will be my answer until they should prove me otherwise. They haven't made the NFC Championship game since 1996. It's just not an, changed. It's not an analytical argument, though. There's yeah. No, like, I, I get it. They haven't – They there's something wrong with this team in the past couple of years. I agree. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not even making any predictions right now. I'm just saying that this team has improved its roster from la, from this past season to this year. That's all. Y'all can say it's analytical. It just won't change. It's been this way since the 90s. It'll continue to be this way because that's who they are. I'm sorry if it doesn't sound like there's no data to back it up. Only like four playoff wins since 1996, but that's just who they are currently. I'm not saying that's how they'll always be, will be for the rest of our lives, but that's who they are now. Uh, Adam, what's up? I'm going to jump in here. I think this little debate with you and Tucker, I think this is a classic case of two things being true at once. Adam, you are correct. They did bolster their roster, and Diggs and Cooks are notable additions. Tucker, I do agree with you that I don't know how much it's going to translate. However, I do also agree with Adam that your argument's not very, uh, you know, backed up by numbers. But what I can tell you... The numbers are there. Oh, yeah, but, oh, but, hear, me out, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I am inclined to agree with Justin that I'm not high on that for two reasons. One, Adam briefly mentioned this, Dak. He's a good Pro Bowl quarterback. Like you said, he's not going to win you anything because, I mean, he's got a good arm, decent accuracy. He's a mobile guy. He can read a defense okay. But, see, that's the thing. He's just not clutch. If you're relying on Dak to make the game-saving play, you're in trouble. And a lot of it, I truly believe, comes down to coaching. Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. He is not even a good game manager. He, his play calling is questionable, and his decisions are even more questionable. And he's so bad that even Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers carried him to one Super Bowl. And even still in Rodgers, who in and of himself is a top 10 quarterback of all time, couldn't carry him to any more. And it's getting to the point where Dak sure as hell ain't going to carry him to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, long story short, both things are true at once. They did improve, but I don't see that. Uh, I don't see them making any serious noise. I'm not even saying that they're going to make any serious noise or not. I'm just saying that their roster has improved. That's all. Yes. And this team and, that is correct. And another thing that can still be true at once is that this team could be better than last year's team. It's yeah. Like, it's like that's that's still a possibility. They could go from um what did they finish 12 and 5 this past season and go from that to uh let's say 13 and 4, 14 and 2, uh 14 uh, and 3. I don't know. Because, see, here's the thing. The, the, the most recent NFC champion, champions, the Eagles, are still in their division. And I know that they lost some guys on their roster. They lost some coaches. But you have to remember, the Giants, the Giants have been out here making moves. The Giants have improved. 
So it's mm-hmm. not even a Cowboys thing. So they're also in a very tough division. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I see them winning 13 or 14 games. I I don't think the Eagles are going to be as good as they were last year. Probably not, but they're still going to be good is my point. My, I'm not saying who's going to come out on top. I'm only saying that their division is hard. Yeah, their their division has come a long way. And I remember that I'm old enough to remember a few years ago when the NFC, the NFC East was the butt of all NFL jokes. Yeah. That included the Cowboys. Yeah. But at least the Cowboys were the teams that were coming on top in that, in that division. They were not. 2014, 2016, 2018. When the NFC, when you're talking about the NFC East being the butt of the jokes, I think of 2015 and I think of 2020. They were horrible. Oh, I'm sorry, 2019. They were horrible those three years. And they were never once division champs. When they were competitive, yes, they were division champs. But never once were, when the division was horrible within itself were the Cowboys like clear-cut favorites and they actually succeeded. Never? They were never. they were good in 2014. But the, and they were the, good in 2016. But I want to say the division was more competitive because the Eagles were good that year. Which year? 2014 and then 2016 were they 2014 and six and missed out on the playoffs but they were still competitive i think so i think the eagles were bad that year in 2014 they missed the playoffs but they still went 10 and 6 2016 was carson Wentz's first year cj can you look this up yeah so 2014 we're talking right 2014 i i know the cowboys finished 12 and 4 I'm not sure. I thought the Eagles – I know the Eagles missed out on the playoffs, but I'm not sure by how much. I don't they even remember they had – at the time after they faced off in Thanksgiving, and then they lost like three out of their next four, and that's why they missed the playoffs. Because I know the Cowboys started off real like red hot, and Tony Romo had a career year that, that season. All right. But, I have results. Yeah. Tucker is correct. The Philadelphia Eagles did, in fact, go 10-6 and in 2014, but they did miss the playoffs. Okay, so yeah. That, so, Tuck was right on that one. Um, 2016, they were still a good team. And I know for a fact the Eagles were not good that year. I want to say they were 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, though. What year? 16? Yeah. 2016. Are we looking I'm, that I'm one up, too? I I mean it doesn't it really it doesn't, doesn't matter. We're talking we're talking about the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, I'm just saying that the Cowboys have been relevant in terms of being competitive in the regular season the past couple of years. They have. They've been a sol- they've been a solid team. And they've been in and out of the playoffs. They've had some competitive seasons. They've been the butt of all jokes because they don't cash in in the postseason. And rightfully so. I'm not trying to defend them for that. But I'm just saying Every dog has its day. And eventually, eventually, I, I'm not even saying it's going to be next year. I'm not saying it's going to be in five years, not even 10 years. Eventually, they got to break through. And for a team that's been this competitive uh, for this long, they've got to break through at some point. And I don't think da- uh, Dak Prescott is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But how many quarterbacks have we seen win a Super Bowl and not be considered Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? 
I think they were considered Super Bowl winning quarterbacks when they won that. So I don't, I don't like like when yeah. like when they won it. But as as far as talent goes, like Eli Manning was never that much. Joe Flacco wasn't Patriots. wasn't all that. He was in the playoffs. Stop Trent, that. Trent Dilfer wasn't all that. I'm just saying, yeah, like, wasn't. and there's some quarterbacks who are some of the greatest of all time who never even won one. I mean, Dan Marino is worlds better than Dak Prescott. But he only made it to one in his second year, and he never even sniffed it again in, for his whole seat, his whole career. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, it's not it's not all black and white. A quarterback could be considered not that great, but still make it because there's so much talent on that team. Yeah. So it I'm is, just saying, I'm not making rolls. any predictions. I'm not a cow. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm not even a. I'm not even a delusional troll. Let's go Cowboys. Skip Bayless guy. I'm just saying, like. They they have a chance. I they have a chance at some point. It's gotta it gotta come through at some point. But mm-hmm. I do want to move on. I want to uh, say one more thing before we what's go, up? and that's it. Kirk Cousins better. All right, I'm done. Oh boy, we're, we're not done. doing this. We're no, we're not. Oh, doing I'm not. This. I hate yeah, that you said on. that, but you we might can... be right. We can move on. Thank you, you know what? He's better than Kirk Cousins. No, oh, no, no, no. We are not doing we're this not. now. All right. Uh, all right. So we're going to change gears and we are going to go on to our fumble Ruski fan box. We're going to dip into some draft coverage where we asked you guys who some of the most underrated defensive backs, uh, in this 2022 NFL draft are, we are officially starting up on our draft coverage as we transition into, uh, from free agency as it begins to, uh, settle down. That's next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. We welcome you to the Fumble Ruski fan box part of our show. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. All right, so the question of the week was who are the most underrated defensive backs in this draft class. Notice how I said defensive backs because I feel like there's a lot of both cornerbacks and safeties in this class, and I just can't exclude one and include the other. You, I just want to hear what you guys had to say. Um, and for our first response, Floodster Sports Zone said Brian Branch. Oh, yeah. He's out of Alabama. I like him. He may not be the fastest guy, but he's good. Yeah, Justin's right. Brian Branch, like like Tuck said, not the fastest, but he can literally do it all. You could 
plug and play him anywhere on the field. He plays corner. He plays safety. Great versatile guy. Bonafide first round pick. He would kind of like flourish in other systems more so than others. Like I wouldn't put him in like a cover three, like single high, but he's yeah. good. Kind of like a Daxton Hill of this year. No. No, he's no. better than Daxton Hill. Much better, better. than Dax Hill. Absolutely. Uh, he's better, I'm, but he's not as fast as Daxton Hill. Yeah. I'm just saying the I'm just he's saying not better the, ball skills though. I'm just look, I'm just saying the the caliber, like the qual the style of play that he kind of has. Um, All right. So we got three votes for the exact same player. Jad Noman said DJ Turner, along with Owen Vanslack, who also said DJ Turner. Um, And he said, bro ran a four, two, six for a um, 40 yard dash. Owen. uh, And so did Ian Mulhern. So three DJ Turner votes. Can you tell he was the popular choice? Yeah, but unfortunately, he wasn't fast enough to catch the TCU wide receiver, so I just don't know. Yeah. All jokes aside, uh, he's fast, but I'm not the world's biggest DJ Turner guy. I mean, he's a great man-to-man corner. Let's not beat around the bush. But he constantly gets beaten zone. His cuts, you know, when chasing receivers and his backpedal leaves a lot to be desired. And with his playing style, he's very handsy and he can draw quite a few flags. Yeah. Not to mention, I can name quite a few corners that I believe are better than him. But, you know, I'm not going to get into that here. But I wouldn't know if I'd take him first round, Turner. I would say late second, early third rounder. Yeah. Yeah. And... All like he feels like the type of player who's kind of only built built up hype from the combine. Absolutely. Kind of in the way that we we kind of picked it apart a couple weeks ago when the combine was happening. We looked at players you are correct. whose combine stock went through the roof because of our uh, whose draft stock went through the roof because of the combine. Um and this is that feel DJ Turner feels like that type of player. Eli Turner. One of our show fans responded by saying, "Me." I'm not responding to that. No, show me the tape, then we'll talk. It's not worth my time. Not worth my time, man. Come on. I'm. I, I admire the. I admire the confidence, but it's definitely. You definitely said that as a joke. Uh, Brian Mucker also responded at with a joke, saying. And he probably like half of this wasn't a joke because he I th- because knowing Brian Mucker when he says Sauce Gardner, he probably actually believes Sauce Gardner even though he's been in the league for a year already. Um, he's also a diehard Jets fan, so he's probably looking for some for some reason to bring up. He always looks looks for an excuse to bring up his Jets. Have a conversation with him anytime. He also said mentioned his roommate Andrew Coyne, so that was one thing. Uh, so another one that we are not giving any attention to, uh, Nick Reyes said Jameer Gibbs. So I think he misread, um, and probably, so is Jameer Gibbs is a running back. Yep. I said defensive back and I'll address, I'll address, I'll address this guy since, since he, he mentioned a player who's actually in the draft class, Jameer Gibbs. He's not going to be a first round pick, but it's it's we're reaching a day and age 
and thank God for this. We are reaching a day and age where running backs are not taken in the first round. They rarely are now. And when they when they are, it's like they actually deserve it now. Like, for example, Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Slam dunk first round pick. I don't think he's he should be taken in the top half, not fourth overall like Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley before him. But if he goes in the back half and goes to Buffalo, I think that's a great pick for the Buffalo Bills. But again, we're talking about Jameer Gibbs. He's probably a second round pick. Yeah. And maybe he'll go in the first round if someone needs a running back and gets stupid for one. <clears throat> Eagles. That hey. number 30 pick. I better not see Jameer Gibbs there. All right. So that's about all for our responses. Any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Nope. No, I'm good. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. We also have also be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.